0: Hi, I'm Heather Gibbons, and this is Hawthorne Valley's 50th anniversary podcast, Roots to Renewal. Thank you for joining us. As we mark this significant milestone, we decided to try our hand at podcasting as a way to help share our story as well as those of our friends and contemporaries from around the world who dedicate their lives to meeting the ecological, social, and spiritual needs of our time. Roots to Renewal is made possible by the generous support of Tierra Farm, a family-owned environmentally conscious manufacturer and distributor of organic dried fruits and nuts. Learn more at TierraFarm.org. Herbert Dreisidel is a renowned landscape architect, urban designer, water artist, interdisciplinary planner, and a professor in praxis. He is an internationally highly respected expert in creating livable cities around the world with a special hallmark on the inspiring and innovative use of water to solve urban environmental challenges, connecting technology with aesthetics, and encouraging people to take care and establish a sense of ownership for places. Herbert is a Harvard GSD Loeb Fellow and a Fellow of the Center of Livable Cities in Singapore. He lectures worldwide and has authored many publications, including three editions of recent waterscapes, Planning, Building, and Designing with Water. Herbert has received many awards for his work in the United States and around the world. He founded Atelier Dreisaitl in 1980, today known as Ramboll Studio Dreisaitl, a globally integrated design firm with a long-standing history of excellence in urban design, landscape architecture, and resilient ecological planning. During the last five years, he developed the Livable Cities Lab, a think tank at the Ramboll Group International, now based in Boston. Herbert is always asking how to bring the best value to society to create a culture of inspiration and implement better integrated solutions to humanize cities. He has also been a member of Hawthorne Valley's Board of Trustees. Herbert joined Martin in conversation this past February over Zoom from his home on the shores of Lake Constance in Germany when the country was still in the throes of the pandemic and in a state of strict lockdown.
1: Hello, Herbert. It's really wonderful to see you in your beautiful home in Uberlingen on the Lake of Constance or the Bodensee. And I know now you're in this incredible lockdown in, in Germany because of the pandemic, which is quite a bit stricter than what we're experiencing here in the U.S., and maybe we just begin there to say, what are you experiencing from that? And what are you thinking are the the ways forward that we can think about coming out of this pandemic in new ways?
2: I would like to say a little bit about the side effects, what I was um, actually seeing. And I think that's all around the world, probably similar. What was very interesting already last year, 2020, we noticed that in our cities, large cities, but also our smaller cities we have here in Europe, that suddenly the the atmosphere of the the city was different, completely different. No traffic, or very reduced traffic. We could suddenly hear birds singing right in the middle of the city. We could hear the concert in the morning. We could suddenly recognize that nature is right in the city. We even have uh, wildlife, foxes and so on at night running through the city. We see that it is quite incredible how nature actually is kind of surviving in an interesting way of taking back lost spaces. The other thing we noticed is, of course, all the pollution is going down. I think the aim to get the environment so that The climate question can be handled somehow, but because of COVID, people travel much less, Uh, people walk more, people use bicycles, Uh, people talk on roads because there is not so much traffic. So we can be outside, we can socialize on the street. A lot of my friends say there is less hectic in our life. We do more meditation, we do more exercise. We go out to experience our surrounding and we don't search for the beauty of landscapes somewhere in the far distance where we take an airplane to go somewhere for holidays. Now we have to find it in front of our doorstep in front of our living space. That means that suddenly the beauty in our cities, the importance of creating a kind of healthy environment in our direct neighborhood is getting very important. And I also know that local economy is suddenly starting to be more important. Taking care of what is your surrounding, what is in your neighborhood, what is circular economy in your area is actually getting extremely important. And there is a kind of start of awakening awareness, which I can see. I hope that kind of waking up is starting to be something which brings people to a different way of thinking.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's like a remembering of our social beingness with others that we've been distracted from that reality by all of the yeah. other possibilities of going anywhere in the world and getting anything from anywhere in the world at the snap of a finger. So we see similar, the local economy piece is, is certainly something that one can say is uh, strengthened by this here around in Hudson Valley as well. And I think always the real gift is this social question that that people can come together and be together in a new and different way.
2: The social question is very, very important as well. How do people interact? How do people take actually ownership of their direct surrounding? And how also can young people actually get a relationship to that the physical reality the social reality something which is more spiritual and and i think what is for me a very important part is that really beauty matters actually there's a lot of research going on also here in south germany and and especially in switzerland that beauty is a kind of spiritual awareness of what we have as humans everyone actually is connected to that that we see something Is it true? Is it something which is a healthy situation? Healthy situations often are connected to a certain balance, to a certain aesthetic, to a certain beauty. And you can see this in landscapes very much. has the landscape, the character of beauty. Has a city, the character of beauty? If you see that, you find often very, very healthy social connections, and you find a very healthy environment very often. For me, it's very important. I have been... Working around the world in many cities, very much as an engineer, as a technical guy who is working for water, for rainwater, stormwater management, filtration, getting good water into the environment back again, uh, treating of wastewater and so on. But always was this part very important that I said, technology is one thing, which is very important, but it's not the answer per se. It needs more. It needs something which is connecting our inner being as humans to the environment. And that is very much in something like a, a kind of a, a deeper connection, which brings us as humans that we see the world around is nothing else than ourselves. We in ourselves feel that what we have inside is reflected outside. And what is outside is always reflected to us. And the bridge is this beauty. And I think there needs much more research in that field And we have to take it not as something nice, but something really sort of which has a a very, very strong truth for the future for design and for also the way how we create our world.
1: It makes me think of the biologist here in the U.S., E.O. Wilson, who coined the term biophilia, which is our innate love or connection to nature because we are nature. It feels, for me, a a hopeful sign that we're maybe overcoming this story of separation and finding our way back into an understanding of our integral place as nature, in nature. Yeah, I've been to many of your projects, mostly in the U.S., but I, I have been in Potsdamer Platz and Tanner Springs, of course, in Portland more than once. And I like to go and just observe how people are interacting with those places because it's validating all of the points that you're making. And as somebody who feels very strongly connected to water myself, I grew up across the street from the ocean. My birth sign is Aquarius. I just, I feel like water is you know really coursing through my veins in a way. And I wonder if you could say what insights we might glean by appreciating water more. How can that transform our thinking?
2: Water is a very, very important and fascinating element. All my life, I'm I'm actually committed in my work to, to this water element. And I call it fluid thinking. So I did a lot of exercises. And by the way, I do it a lot also with normal people on the road. I do it like with uh, workshops. When we do uh, involvement workshops of citizens up to 300, 400 people. I do often this kind of exercises as a kind of waking up of letting things flow, getting uh, away from fixed ideas, opening up our fantasy, opening up future potential of something which is unknown which is something for the discovery of something we don't know from the future but we want to invite the future to bring into our thinking so so that is all connected I think to fluid movements to flow and this fluid thinking in water is extremely important and extremely healthy and I think this is all about creativity it's about art it's about flow and to get into a flow and so water is kind of a prototype for that. And it's all about connecting. It's connecting something. Water is par excellence. that what connects us to the world.
1: Well, I'm intrigued because here we are at Houghton Valley on what is actually today the 50th anniversary of Halton Valley's beginning. And you yourself went to a Waldorf school. And now as you look back what would you say are the, the gifts of, of Waldorf education that prepared you for your work in the world or
2: inspired you? Waldorf education was, for me and my biography, a very uh, absolutely key for what I do now. I was really very bad in writing. I'm still not very good. I love it, but I'm very slow in reading and all these kind of things. Uh, typical dyslexic problem. Um, and I had a, a teacher... We always had to do, uh, in, in the Waldorf school, you have four weeks or six weeks, one subject every morning, and uh, so at the end, we have to write a little book, or a little uh, book we have to give, and uh, because I was so bad in writing, I have actually let it completely empty, I only made drawings, <laughs> so, and it was about Uh, It was about medicine, it was about human, uh, the human uh, body, how the the function of the human body is in different ways. So what I only did, I was listening very carefully, I I did only make drawings in that. And usually at the end of this, the teacher is collecting all these little booklets, and he gives personally to every student back uh, the booklet with some comments. You have done it well, or you could have done it better, or so. So it's kind of a feedback. And the whole group was actually getting their um their little booklets back. I was standing in front, we had to stand up, and I was the last guy. And all my classmates said, Oh my goodness, poor Herbert. He will he will take him apart and he will he will be killed <laughs> after that. Um, so I was very f- afraid, and he said, um Well, Herbert, you have given me a book, there's nothing written in, but your drawings were so excellent. So I'm totally impressed. He said, with your drawings, I have seen that you really have been following up my teaching. You understood everything. You learned well. Continue. Go on in your way. Trust in your strengths and continue. And... You see, I'm still emotional about that. That was really bringing something to me where I did trust in my strengths. And that was in all my life very important. That really coming up with something where I can say, you know, if I want to change the world, I should not follow a kind of something what other people tell you to do. No, I listen to my inner voice and I say, what is that what I bring to the world? And uh, can I find that inner kind of well or root? And can I bring it out? And that was actually something which is so excellent on this school. That, that is what a Steiner School, uh, a Wallace School actually can bring. And I think that's why I also did send my kids to that school. And my grandchildren are also now to this school. <laughs> <laughs> so to rediscover uh, your being and bringing that into the world. I think that's a very important part if we could do
1: that for every individual, if that could be the outcome, and I know that is the goal for the class teachers and all the special subject teachers, and to really allow the emergent being to come out and not to put a prescription on who anybody should be, but, but help them to be who they are. And your story is just so, so beautiful in expressing that.
2: I'm so happy that you have now to celebrate 50 years of work at the Valley. What a wonderful uh, initiative. And uh, I think that you have brought actually different disciplines like agriculture, like education and, and medicine and research and community building and even producing healthy food and bringing it out to the world. That's so wonderful that you actually have brought all these initiatives together in the Hawthorne Valley community.
1: Thank you, Herbert, my dear, dear friend. It was wonderful.
2: So nice to spend this time with you. Thank you, Martin. All the best. Bye-bye.
0: To learn more about Herbert and his work creating livable cities and regions worldwide, visit drycidalconsulting.com. Thanks for listening to Hawthorne Valley's Roots to Renewal podcast. We are an association comprised of a variety of interconnected initiatives that work collectively to meet our mission. You can learn more about our work by visiting our website at HawthornValley.org. Hawthorne Valley is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we rely on the generosity of people like you to make our work a reality. Special thanks to our sponsor, Tierra Farm, who makes this podcast possible. We're grateful for their continued support and the support of grassroots contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, visit hawthornvalleyorg backslash donate. If you'd like to support us in other ways, consider sharing this episode through social media or leaving us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you to Grammy Award winning artist Aaron Dessner for providing our soundtrack and to Emma Morris for once again lending her invaluable editing and production support.